Well, that's good. Yeah, but that's because you work at home. Well, Michelle, I am at home for West Coast Project's podcast of Louie TV. How's it going? Um, great. How's it going there? It's, it's the awkward how's it going after we've talked for five minutes again. Yeah, well, you know, because we tell about how things are really going, and then when we ask again, it's like we say, oh, good, the how polite, are you? Yeah, the yeah. overly polite, superficial. Overall. Yep. Well, Michelle, this is number 506 in Louis TV Sleepover, and it's it Jane's sleepover her, for her 10th birthday. How did you like this episode? Let me ask you, how do you think I like this episode? What would you think? My I'm going to say... And, and I'll tell you what I think your thought was. All right, I'm going to say I think you loved it. I did. I absolutely loved this episode. I think that you really liked the episode. I didn't like it at first when I was watching it, but then on the rewatch, I liked it a lot more. How come? What made you dislike it, it at just first? Didn't seem, it just didn't seem important. It just didn't seem like it was telling much of a story. But then I realized, hey, I'm watching Louie. It's entertainment. And I, I was more entertained in the second, in the rewatch. Oh, see, I thought it had more story in it than any, almost any other story that we've seen from him. Well, I think the show's basically turned into a chronological or chronology, whatever, chronicle of Louis <laughs> and Pamela's real life relationship. Do you think? I think so, yeah. It's kind of a chronicle of what they're doing and how their relationship heats up, cools down, gets in the middle, haven't talked to you for a while, let's touch base, stay within a certain length. I don't know. I I mean, it seems to be a chronicle of their relationship, which isn't a bad thing. It's pretty interesting, and it's sort of funny, um, usually pretty funny. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out if they've actually had that kind of interaction with one another if this is just just in his mind but i thought this episode had had it had everything i've i love about louis everything it had the drama the comedy it had pamela even though that was a painful painful thing to watch and uh it had bobby it had cooking it had ice cream i mean what more could you want really what more could you ask for yeah, it was pretty typ- it was a very typical episode. Like Louis is always on the wrong side of things. He's wrong like he's wrong about Lily's phone. I think he's just slow to understand. I think he's slow to get it, but when he gets it, he accepts it. And I like that about him. Yeah, it jumps in and takes a so- like takes an opinion too too quickly and it gets him in trouble. Right. The phone, right. the lady split up with their husband. Right. Tell my kid about divorce. Right. Um, I don't know. It, it's funny, though. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's just like he just jumps to conclusions, but then once once he's educated on on the situation, whatever the situation may be, then he he accepts that. And that's a really good quality for people to have. Not the jumping to conclusions part, but the, you know, when you know better, you do better. Kind of well, thing. also, he jumps to conclusions that are fairly substantially supported by the evidence. Like, everyone would jump to the same conclusion. Absolutely. All right, Lily's, Lily's texting during the play. Like, no, I'm doing research. I'm 
pretty funny though. It makes it it makes it funny because it's smart. Like, oh, I would have fell, I would have fallen for that. I would have told the kid to put the phone away. So but, let's, yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say I didn't know if you were gonna go over that part again, but um, but. But yeah, you would tell the kid to put the phone away, but then he completely gets it, I think. And a couple of the reviews that I read kind of didn't like that about him. They're like, you know, he's the adult. He should educate the kid on um, that that's not the appropriate thing to do. And I disagree. I disagree with that, but I guess we can talk about it when we get there. So what? So this play is the very first thing that happens. What? What did you think of this play? What was the point of the play? I don't know. Just to just to have some uh, big names in it. I mean, Matthew Broderick and Glenn Close and John Lithgow. I mean, and uh, Michael. What's his name? Siri. Michael Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, that was pretty pretty neat. Um, I tried to find the play, but I don't think it actually was a play. Do you? I didn't. I didn't research it. Um, Louis moved at one point by a line in the play, r- right as Lily's texting, and I didn't get. You know, I didn't get enough of the play to feel as moved as Louis was moved, like moved emotionally. Sure, so it starts, starts to tear up a little bit. Sure, I needed more context than that to see why he was getting teared up. Did you have any take on what? what might have motivated him to be emotional? I don't even know if that was the point. I mean, what the guy was saying about death and stuff like that was, of course, if you had been led up to it, would would potentially move you. But I thought the point was that even in an emotional scene like that, he looks over at his daughter because you do that. I mean, not even necessarily with, with your children, but with other people that you're watching TV with to see their reaction to things. And then when he sees her not seemingly paying attention to what's going on, he's just disgusted with the situation. Because she's looking at the phone. Because she's looking at her phone. But yeah. kids could be, she could be giving it her rapt attention and still not be moved to like an adult would be moved. Because she's what, 14 or 15? Right. She's like yeah. an adolescent, but... I think that's a great point. I think that as we get older, situations that you see like that or scenarios that you see like that remind us of life situations and stuff that would then maybe touch us a little more. She's not going to have the life experience to be moved to the extent that an adult with more experiences would have, I don't think. And I, I completely agree with that. But it doesn't mean she can't appreciate it. Just like she appreciated A Clockwork Orange a couple weeks ago or last week or whenever it was. I mean, she she's growing up and kind of like the same way that the, but completely different, that the young girl in the uh, cooking supply store educated Louie. Now it seems like it's kind of transferring to his daughters even to educate Louie on the way things are being done now. Maybe. Well, just like Louie sees the world through his filters, these kids, the the store clerk and Lily have their filters. Like Clockwork Orange isn't really a film about art. <laughs> it's, you know, but she saw all these cool images and different looking things and thought it was arty. She didn't see right. the violence underneath it. She saw right. her adolescent filter 
But I thought it was pretty cool because this is kind of exactly what we've talked about, about these podcasts and how we um, watch the TV and then we read some reviews and then we get to talk about it and kind of dissect it and how that's like the new really interesting way to watch things and to absorb things and stuff. And I think that's kind of exactly what Lily was saying. That it's not the same anymore. So on the street, Louis tries to take Lily's phone away as punishment for texting and not paying attention during an entertainment event like a play. But do you think she was telling the truth that she was really studying, looking something up, researching the play? She had to have been because she was saying, did you know, blah, blah, blah. And did you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, she did. Yeah. I do that with movies. I, I like to look stuff up while I'm watching a movie, not, not in a movie. But at home on TV, or I do oh, that. Oh, I a do lot. too. Yeah, I do too. And don't you think, particularly younger people, have the ability to multitask that kind of thing? I mean, these kids were raised with handheld internet devices and stuff. And I just know that with my girls, they're able to do that and really still keep up with the conversation and stuff that's going on and the stuff that's going on around them. Well, I think there is a, I think there is a social aspect of doing it in a movie theater or in a theater in public versus doing it at home. And in that sense, I think even if she was researching, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that socially polite to do that in a public place like that. Because your phone's going to have a little bit of glow to it. And plus, you you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem quite right. If you're disrupting people around you, I agree. Or if you're detracting from their experience in there. Otherwise, I disagree. I think much like the old young thing, we have to let them have have their their experience the way they are able to experience things. Why should they be forced to do things the old way? You know, the old way being there was no cell phones, you know, back when you and I were young. And so now we... speak for yourself. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, my bad. So now we don't want kids to pull out a cell phone anywhere. And I don't know. I just don't know if I agree with that. Socially, yeah, it's not as nice. And if you're sitting with dinner with somebody and you're having a conversation, absolutely, you put the cell phone down. When you're, when it's a personal attention thing, when someone's speaking to you, you put down your cell phone. But if you're watching something, and particularly in this situation where she's able to get more information about it, which furthers her enjoyment of what she's actually seeing. I think it's kind of an antiquated way to think. Maybe, but you still can't watch everything and text something. She's missing something. She's she's sacrificing something. Like why not why not text and drive then everybody can multitask, right? You you can't keep your oh, attention. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. I'm not saying anything like that. That that certainly has the ability to harm someone else. And well, and she's that... she's missing out on you got to admit, she's missing out on some part of the play by texting. Just well, like she wasn't you, texting. She was reading. Whatever. Same thing. She, her attention's on her phone. It's the yeah, same but, argument for not texting and driving. You don't give your full attention to the other topic. You're, you're distracted. She's no. A, 
<laughs> no, texting and driving is completely separate. I think phones should just almost shut off when people get in a car. Well, I'm not I mean, talking about the safety aspect. I'm talking about the attention aspect of it. Yeah, just but like that, taking, just like doing a video of a soccer game. You can't watch the whole soccer game as well as if you were not doing the video while you were trying to trying to capture it. It's it's different. It's it's a it's a sacrifice of a small part of your attention. I completely agree. And and there's there's many times that I will put my phone, I literally put it out of my reach when I'm watching something because you're right. It is a different experience when when you put your whole attention and kind of get lost in something. Um but at the same time, I think that should be her choice, as long as it's not bothering or harming anybody else. So. All right. Well, they. Um, he, she, but he's impressed she, with. She her. convinces him enough for him to almost say, "Okay, good point. I guess I'll take I'll take your side of it. I understand your side of it." So you're she right. She kind of shames him, you know, because she starts talking about. Um, Everything that was going on in it and all the facts she now knows about it that he didn't know. So I thought that was pretty co- I thought that was pretty good and pretty accurate. <laughs> I would have grounded her for two weeks. I know. I all right, Louis vacuuming for this party now for Jane's tenth birthday party. Yeah. And Lily's gonna leave. Lily's smart. She's getting the hell out of there. Gonna go to Sonny's house, friend her yep. friend. She's gonna take the bus, Michelle, and then walk two blocks. But don't worry, Dad, no one gets raped. And Louis freaks out. What the hell? Don't even say that. And she says, well, that's 10 in the morning. I don't think we have to worry too much. And she leaves. And Jane has overheard this now and asked Louis, what's rape? <laughs> and Louis says, rape's a bad financial deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The The most unrealistic part of that is uh, it's kind of hard to believe that a 10-year-old in this society, as sad as it is, wouldn't know the meaning of rape, but but that was pretty funny. This is not the first time Louie lies in this episode. He, that's pretty much a lie to her. But it's a white lie, I guess you could call it, because he doesn't want her to have to weigh the emotional and traumatic stress of understanding what a rape is. But I don't know. I think that was probably a good parental move, just to brush <laughs> it away. Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe at least. I don't know. If, well... That's not exactly brushing it away. Brushing it away and lying is not exactly the same thing. And and when that could certainly bring up some embarrassing situations for her later later on, if um, if if she continues to to believe that. But I don't know. Like I, I'm going to get my first bank account. I hope I don't get raped or something. I mean, who knows? You know. Well, Jane has bigger fish to fry, Michelle, from Tennessee. She needs to get a Sunday station for her party. Oh, I know. And she just, like, brings it up, like, five minutes before they get there. And Louis answers it like he's the party planner and not the dad. Like, you needed to present this request yesterday, not today. Oh, I know. I know. Well, that's a big deal. I mean, a Sunday station, that's a big deal. So that gets kind of swept under the carpet for the moment. And this woman shows up, a woman named Joy, mother of Shasta. And this was an interesting little interlude. I was trying to figure this out, even on the rewatch. I couldn't quite nail it all totally down. So maybe you can help me, Michelle. Louis flirting with her, in my estimation. I thought so, too. <laughs> he I offers so her too. water or whiskey, which is very flirty. <laughs> 
And she says that she and her husband Chuck are divorcing. And Louis looks really glad to hear of this. His face brightens up. And I've heard that happen to me before where a woman I'm interested in tells me about somebody she's breaking up with. And it's like, oh, hmm. like maybe there's an opening. And uh, what what do you think about that evaluation so far? Do you think um, do you think Louie looked happy? I didn't I didn't notice that, honestly. So I I don't have a comment on that. Well, what's your what's your take on them flirting or Louie flirting at least? I definitely thought. He was flirting, but I thought she was flirting back. She stood at the door longer than necessary, and she didn't have to go into all that information about her and her husband divorcing. She didn't have to go into that. She could have just said she's going to be late. And um, so, yeah, I thought she gave him the information for a reason. Well, Louie's going to blow this information about this potential divorce with the daughter pretty soon, which turns out to be pretty funny. That was pretty bad. <laughs> but it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and she's even asking him. That, that was so – anybody that's ever done – I can't remember a time – I can't remember if we ever had, like, sleepovers here with the girls. But we certainly did a lot of lock-ins and that kind of thing. Nothing starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. That Why? would be a grind. That would be a grind for a single parent to do a sleepover starting at 10 in the morning. Oh, that was just, that's nightmarish. With, so, with 8 to 12 girls. I know. 8 to I 12 know. 10-year-olds. Well, I mean, with just two or three, it's just, I mean, it's so hard planning activities and letting the kids run wild. And you heard how loud he made it seem and everything, and that's pretty, pretty true from my experience. And oh well, my gosh, Louis does his best to endure this party. But you know what, Michelle, if I was a kid, I'd want Louis hosting my sleepover. I would want my party to turn out exactly the way this party turned out. With um, jail trips. And- Absolutely, man. That was, that was a sweet little cherry on top of that party. It was so kids. funny. Their reaction to that. I know you just never know. And that was his, his face was pretty good in there too, but don't forget now we get the cooking scene. Louie cooks well, again. Did you notice? Yeah. He's cooking grilled cheese. Yeah. He's using a cast iron skillet. He's using like literally like tablespoons of Kerrygold butter, which is, you know, it's grass fed. Well, it's butter from grass fed cows and it's extra buttery and delicious and very expensive and he's using this shredded cheese blend stuff and i mean he's just it's just it's perfect any particular part of the cow that that comes out of that's different from nature oh my gosh oh my word well this is where louis blows it with shasta by talking about asking about the divorce and splitting up and and all this she looks a little confused, but she likes her grilled cheese, so she doesn't press it too much. And Louis, Louis awkwardly backs out of it. <laughs> that was funny watching it, but it gets yeah. a little it gets a little dicey later. Yeah, he tries to cover it, but this is obviously not something that Joy has let Shasta in on. So. Well, Louis's not cooking dinner, Michelle. He needs to order pizzas. Did you notice how he ordered the pizzas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even even that was a difficult thing for him. One cheese and the other one half cheese and half cheese. Right. <laughs> it, it was like he couldn't make up his mind. 
So, uh, and urgently, quick, I have children here and it's very bad. It's very bad. <laughs> I know, and the girls are like screeching. They're screeching. He has to leave the room to order the pizza. It's a blend of screech of happiness, pain, and excitement all in uh, one. Yeah. Only 10-year-old girls can concoct that recipe of screech. That, that was rough. Okay, so they're, I guess they're eating their pizzas, and Pamela texts later on, hi, on the text on the phone. Now, Michelle, hi can traverse 360 degrees of anything in a relationship. When you get the text hi from a, a, a member of the opposite sex or a member of the opposite a relationship type person who you might have broken up with or you might be in a relationship with or who you might want to be in a relationship with, hi means anything. It's the most mysterious text. It, yeah, I had read something. This was a long time ago, but um, or not actually read it, but seen it, where this guy was talking. He goes, whenever I get a text from you that says hi, I hear hi. You know, and it was just so, um, so true, I think. That's kind of, you can take it anyway, anyway. But. It's someone reaching out, so we know that much for a fact. So I tried to when they when I saw these texts, I tried to um, translate them. Okay. So he starts to say hi back, and then he says, "Are you okay?" Uh, or she says, "Are you okay?" Yeah. And she, he says hi back. She says, "Are you okay?" And I put I put equals disappointing. Uh, I'm this is Louie now for me the guy. Okay. This is Louie interpreting this. That That's disappointing. If I got to break up, if I broke up with a girl I wanted to be with and she texted me hi, I would be all optimistic. Like, oh, hi. Yeah, like you said, hi. <laughs> but then are you okay? It's just, oh, shit. She's not, are, she's not hi. She's are you okay texting. So that seemed disappointing. Then either no or yes would have been the right answer. Well, he typed them both out and, and then erased them. Right. So either one of those would have been okay. But instead, he types dogs. What the <laughs> hell? I don't have a translation for that, Michelle, from Tennessee. I just put question, three question marks. Yeah, I don't either. But she did. Because you could see, this is where we flash to her. And we haven't seen her at this point. We've only seen her name on his phone. And she has this huge grin on her face. It's like she reads it, and then she has this huge grin. Yeah, she's addicted to Louis's sense of humor. Louis is a genius with his sense of humor. And guys always hear from women, that's what they want most in, in a guy, is just funny, smart sense of humor. Sure. So when she texts, what do you want, I put equals bitchy. What do you want? She texted him to start this mess. Okay, I don't know if I would have thought that, but you think that's that's what he would have thought, right? That's the guy's take on it. So I think Pamela's saying, what do you want is bitchy, even though you're saying he, he, that's what she does. It's still yeah, bitchy. I mean, she started it. Course, and it's like, what do you want? Of course it's bitchy. She's <laughs> bitchy. But I would expect no less from her. 
All right. So, so okay, then Louis says, can you talk on the phone? And my translation of that, Michelle, is wrong, bad. It's bad to ask for that permission. Can you talk on the phone? I think he should have done is he should have said, come on over and help me with this damn party. I got a, I got a bunch of maniac 10-year-olds here. Get over here and help me. That's kind of where I thought it was headed. That would have been but... brilliant. That would have been fun. It would have been it, it, they would have interacted and under a little bit of fun pressure. I think that would have been the way. To, but we're going to find out a little bit in a minute what is going on where that couldn't have happened. But that would have that would have stopped Pamela from drawing all these lines under her own terms. Well, and the can you talk on the phone? Who can't talk on the phone? I mean, that doesn't really make any sense. Can you talk on the phone? It would have been better if he would have just said, um, I'm, I'm going to call you or something. Even that would have yeah, been Yeah, well, actually, she couldn't really talk on the phone because she had somebody over there. That, that's what that means. I know, but he couldn't know that, and he couldn't think that. Why would she be texting him? Well, maybe she's in a place where she's around other people and she can't talk on the phone. Oh, okay. Okay, I get it. Like she's in a restaurant. At a restaurant. Or okay. in a bus or, you know, something. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, I get it. I wasn't thinking like that. All right. You're right. So then Louis says, you miss me. Or she or she says it. Who says it? Louis, you miss me. Louis says it, right? Louis. Well, yeah, because she goes into this whole thing. They get on the phone and she goes into this whole thing. I have these feelings like, you know, and she, it's just like she can't force herself to say I really miss our interaction. And well, so he Louis says saying it, you miss me is brilliant. That's a good stand up tall, be proud of yourself. You miss me, don't you? That's brilliant. I like that. I did too. So I, I think a lot of Louis' romanticism gets lost with Pamela. I don't think she gets it all. I think she gets a lot of it, and that's why she's really attracted to him. But I think Louis, Louis is a pretty romantic dude. He's funny, and he's like, truthful and he's just romantic i think a lot of it gets lost when pamela shuts him down like this yeah but his romance is so lost in his non-manliness i mean there's got to be some some way to balance those two things him taking her to central park with the the blanket and watching the shooting stars the first night that was that was perfect that was perfect but then he does other things that are that are girly. I mean, he just doesn't come across as being very manly. Hmm. So. Well, then they get into this phone sex talk and the whole time Pamela's sitting on the toilet, which is kind of funny because Louie's trying to say, where, where are you sitting? What are you doing with your legs? And she's sitting on the toilet. Okay. That honestly though, when he said that, it really got to me and I've, the way that that hit me, um, because he said, what are you doing? And she goes, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm talking to you. You know, and he's like, no, um, where are you standing? What are you doing exactly? And for some reason, that just, I, I swear I teared up. I teared up. That was the, it, so emotional. You know, she, she, he said that he pictures her all the time. And he wonders exactly what she's doing. Yeah, at but that she's, he's phone sex in her, Michelle. He's trying to find out, like, what Not he yet. Wearing. Not yeah, yet. Yeah, he is, but that's no. what he meant. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He said he thinks about her all the time. And he wonders exactly what she's doing. Her he wonders stupid, where she's sitting. Her yeah. dumb tits. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's tone sexing her, man. He's trying to get off on it. Not there. He wasn't. That, okay, that was when before. did it change then? Well, right after that. Okay. (laughs) No, I thought that was so sweet. He was saying, I think about you to the extent of, I wonder exactly where you're standing in your home. Well, you might be right, but if you're right, then he flipped that switch to phone sexing it like on a dime, like instantly. I thought she flipped it. I didn't think he flipped it. I thought when... He said that about where's your other hand, it was, or you've only got one hand. I didn't take that as him necessarily trying to flip it. He was just being thorough in his thing. And then she's like, oh, okay. And she kind of turned it into that. You're, no? just, you're turning it into your Michelle. I might be. I might be. <laughs> All right. So then Louis blocks the door with the dresser from the maniac kids with the ice cream. They want the ice cream uh. Sunday machine to start. <laughs> that was a bad idea the whole way to even... See, that's why I didn't even think he was doing that. I thought he was just talking to her, and then it kind of turned into that. But either way, that that was a bad idea. Now, the fact that Pamela's with another man <laughs> makes the whole setting different. I think it makes it really better for Louie. Like, she's not just bored sitting home alone. She's with another dude, and she's still thinking about Louie in, in favorable comparison. Yeah, but I think that was a lot of the thing that made everyone so angry at her and really, like, disliking her. But There's... that's another issue. I'm just saying the, her attractiveness, her her being attracted to Louie is proven by the fact that she's with one dude who's not measuring up enough for her enough so that she wants to connect with Louie. It, it's rude of her, totally. But it means that she's into Louie more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can see that. It definitely means that even though she's with someone else, he's still on her mind. So, so Louis finally answers the door, this the 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 blocked door with a baseball bat. Did you notice? That? Yeah, what was up with that? What's he gonna do with the ball bat? I mean, what's he gonna do with that? The kids I mean, he's, barrage the door, and he's standing there with a baseball bat. He's so threatening. And he hears from Tranquilite Yow. What were you doing in there? What were you doing in there? Pretty funny. Like, she knows, right? She knows he's up to something he, enough to block the door anyway. I don't know. I mean, kids are so, I don't know. I don't know that she knew he was up to something. It's just they just wanted to be just in on everything. And he's, of course, super defensive. Well, something trouble. Like, something you know, borderline not on the up and up enough for a ten year old to understand it. Well tran- tranquilityow. Oh, that it. was that was so funny. He goes tranquility and Jane goes, It's tranquility. I mean that was so and Afghanistan, one of them's name was Afghanistan. Well Louis had to make that up. No, I don't think so. He called think, that name out, though. I think he had to make that up. No, I don't think so. I think that was part of the... I think that was supposed to be one of their names, right? In a funny way. He, like, he made up Tranquilitao. He added that to it. I guess. I don't know. Well, things look pretty good. Things are looking better as the kids start to settle down. But then he gets a call from Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's in jail, Michelle, and Louis takes the kids in the most brilliant set scene writing of television history, taking 12 10-year-old girls to a 
jail to bail out your brother is excellent television. It was really good, and it was perfect because he had to go, and he had to go then. There was no time to find somebody to come sit with the girls. There was no time to do anything. Bobby tells him that if it's it's 8 o'clock at night, and if he's not there by 9, Bobby's going to spend the night. And then you hear all this nonsense talk in the background, this, you know, rough talk in the background. And so Louie had no choice. It wasn't like get somebody to come stay with the kids or anything. So they played that out perfectly. There's another Louie episode way back from maybe season one or two or maybe even three. I can't remember. It's when Louie's with the girls and then the and then his sister is pregnant like she needs to be rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And and Louis got the girls, so he has to go. He has to go get his sister and take her to the hospital, and he has to figure out what to do with the girls. So he goes to the gay guys next door and asks if they can watch. Or he's like, he's just c- confused about what to do, and they offer to watch. And that's his dilemma: like, does he let the gay neighbors watch his two baby daughters uh, while he goes and helps his sister because she needs to be rushed for her pregnancy to the hospital? Pretty crazy dilemma. Like he he ends up leaving the girls with these gay guys, and they ter- it turns out fine. But it was really uncomfortable thinking, like, well, what what would I do in that situation? I mean, I think any neighbor you don't know. I don't know that their sexuality has anything to do with it. Well, but, I know, but but yeah, but any neighbor that you don't know like that, it seems a little safer though to leave two gay guys with your daughters than just one single guy. To me, anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, they get in the cab, and the girls are loving this. They dig this whole part of the party. Yeah, let's go to the jail. I know. They're like, yay. And he's like, eh, whatever. So <laughs> Louis wants to leave them in the cab, but this cab driver says, no way. Yeah, he's not having it. Now, this, this again, Michelle, this is an awesome birthday party. Can you, can you imagine your kid telling you about this party the next day when she comes home? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. These kids lucked out, no doubt. I mean, but what would you say as a parent? Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, you went to the jail. But, I mean, you know, it's the jail. I mean, don't schools take you on field trips like that? It's not like, I don't know. I well, think it's okay. At the police station, the head cop does what they always do, you know, and cops, like, in their authoritative way, just tells Louie to sit down and wait. No no reference to time, how long you need to wait or what I need to do. I need to get a file together. I need to sign something. Just go sit and wait. <laughs> and Louis uses this, the force of these maniac girls, their, their energy, to accelerate the whole process, which was just genius. He just yeah, lets he, them run wild. He actually grins when the guy says that. He's like, okay, yeah, no problem. And... Uh, so Bobby gets out, and on the way back, he tells his story to the girls. And then Bobby's in that same cab with the same cab driver and all these girls. How big is this cab? Could have been like a van. And it, it's it probably not 12 girls. It's probably eight, six or eight. That's still a lot of people. Yep, it and is. And then big old Bobby's like shoved right in the middle of it. Yep. That was, that, that was funny. But now he embellishes his story so that he's the hero to the girls. He just paints it. To, to lighten his side of it perfectly. What a story. What a story he tells. Yeah, he helps an old lady that fell. He picks like the best things you can do to, in life to help people. I helped an old lady who fell over. I gave my sandwich to a hungry guy. <laughs> the old lady gives him a goat in thanks. 
the cops showed up and they wanted to put the goat to sleep. So I saved the goat. I mean, all perfect for 10-year-old girls, right? They, they just think he's a hero. Right. It was perfect. Bobby resisted the cops putting the goat to sleep. So they arrested him and then the goat ran down into the subway. Perfect. Perfect New York sub, uh, subway story. It was perfect. <laughs> and then Louis confirms it. The girls all ask, is that true? And Louis says, yep, I confirmed it with the cops. Just like he said. So here's Louis' second lie of the episode. Although that, that one was, I didn't have any doubt that was a good lie. <laughs> yeah, because the real reason Bobby's in jail is he got a happy ending massage and the place got raided. Got raided, yeah. So yeah. the party gets even better, Michelle. They go to an ice cream shop, and it turns out just to be this spectacular series of events for these 10-year-olds. They go, they go on an adventure in a cab. They go to jail. They scream and run. They hear a great story. Then they're at the ice cream parlor just getting their, their ultimate treat of the night. And these ice creams were so big that they had to like put them in a, in a bowl to serve them, they, these ice cream cones. It was just it, – it was the, the Sunday – thing that that jane wanted to begin with the sunday machine the sunday yeah well a couple of them had cones though they had whatever they wanted at that point well right but i mean they were like rolling these ice cream cones and cookie dough and crushed cookie and i mean it was crazy sprinkles was everything so I guess maybe this is why I first thought this episode wasn't the like the greatest most deepest episode because it seems like just a big fun fest seems like a lot of fun, nothing too serious. Even with the stuff with Pamela, it wasn't like we're totally deep or relationship, like deep meaning. It was just kind of fun. Let's play around a little sex talk. You li- you still like me. Looks like we're going to be friends. But I don't know. It's still It was fun to watch, the fun. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was fun for everybody but Louie. <laughs> Louie didn't have a whole lot of fun about it. But I thought it was a little bit a little bit deeper than that. Like we talked about the beginning with the situation with Lily and him learning from the younger generation and then accepting that and almost being proud of her and then learning maybe what he can share with Jane and what he shouldn't share with Jane at that age and trying to work all that out. And I I don't know about the Bobby thing. (laughs) That was just funny. It was nothing too serious. It wasn't like last episode where somebody wrote a, a form letter about Jane and how nobody should like her, and I mean just the just the texting and the play was not t- terribly serious stuff. Well, right, and that's something else too. Remember, it was just it was last episode or the episode before. Last episode was a crazy episode, so I don't remember if it was that one or the one before. But where Jane was saying that nobody liked her, and then yeah. suddenly they're showing her now in a complete lack of continuity, where she has all these friends. Just surrounding her. I think they could be they could be continu- continuous though. I mean, a girl might think nobody loves me while she still has ten friends. Yeah, yeah. But I just think, like in Louis's way, it's just another. I don't know. It just seemed very, very Louis like to do that. Well, the flirty mom comes the next morning. Shasta's mom, Joy, and tells Lee she's going to work it out with the <laughs> husband. Yep. And, before before they can get away from the door, Shasta asks her mom about her and daddy getting divorced, and Louis pulls the Michael Corleone door slam on them. That was perfect. Yeah, that was uh, comedic timing. Could not have been better, but that just kind of went to show that that little girl had been, that had been on her mind throughout that whole adventure, as soon as she sees her mom. So Louis had that much of an effect 
on her by the things he was saying, even though he tried to backtrack poorly. Yeah, he doesn't need to hear that. He just closes the door. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he doesn't want to know. He needs to get back to his yogurt. He doesn't want any questions about it for sure. He's got bigger questions on his mind, Michelle, like um, correcting Bobby on his incorrect bovine biology here. You know what? My my recording cut off in the middle of that conversation, so I read it later in some of the comments and stuff. I'm so glad my recording cut off when he went back and was pouring up his yogurt. Now, shockingly, I had to double clutch my mind when I heard this. Like, wait a minute, that's not right. It wasn't. Oh, you did not. <laughs> I did. I'm like, wait a minute. No. <laughs> I mean, no. it was funny. I left. I left. I was like one second. Wait, that's not. Well, that can't be right. But Bobby contends that the yogurt comes from one part of the bovine and the ice cream comes from another. And they use the they use the slang, the the colloquial, <laughs> the the no no no. <laughs> no. Anyway, Louis corrects yeah. him, but not too seriously. Now, what what was what was the point of this scene besides just dark humor? Je- well, Louis goes back and he goes, "So what did happen last night?" And then he gets the truth right there. And then the rest of it, I swear, I swear. Now, like I said, I didn't see it, but I read it, and I'm just thinking, surely that was just ad libbed or something. Surely. Surely that was. That's who even thinks like that. This is the second episode I can remember. There's probably more where Louie and Bobby recap their adventures over food. Was They're it, always eating. Wasn't it just Every, last week they did it? Um, or yeah, it's two where. Ago? Well, right, the one where Uncle somebody died, and then at the end, you know, at the end they're they're sharing a meal and. Bobby's laughing at, at Louie. And it's, he, they're always eating. The episode way back where they're going to start, um, what, like go on a diet together or work out or do something. So they go and they do that thing, what they call it, where they hit five restaurants or seven or whatever, three restaurants and eat as much as they can. And then, I mean, they're always eating together. And they look I don't know it. what that is. Well, they look like they enjoyed it, yeah. So my final thought on this was that this was a really long half hour. <laughs> it was a fun episode, but it was really long. It seemed like longer than a half hour. It was so dense and rich with all these different scenes and this action and funny stuff. It was like it seemed like an hour long episode. Especially as you stop yourself and and you you think about the significance of the scene, like the whole scene with Lily, that only went on at the beginning for just a couple of minutes. But it really felt like a lot longer than that because everything that you have to think about, about what went on with that, made it feel longer to me. I agree. And this podcast was super long with our interruptions with Swiss web developers and lawyers and everybody else. <laughs> Nobody's going to even have a clue, though, Michelle, as we edit it seamlessly together. <laughs> but you should probably say, though, that the lawyers <laughs> have nothing to do with the podcast. But um, Well, not yet. 
Well, okay. <laughs> okay. So that was it for the sleepover. Now the series, the series, the series, the season ends with a part two, a two part combined the road one and two. Mm, right. So who knows what that's going to be? Life on the road, comedy on the road, travel. What if? Yeah, yeah. Remember, he said that on that interview he gave that um, it's going to be about doing comedy on the road. Um, but there was no comedy club this week again. I think this is the second time out of these six that we've seen so far that there hasn't been any comedy club. So, well, I guess New York is Louis Comedy Club. Just the streets, streets of New York. Maybe so. All right, Michelle, any last thoughts for Sleepover before we sign off? Mm, nope. I don't so if you so. want to reach us, go to West Coast Project and Louis TV and a yep. bunch of other stuff coming up. True Detective is going to start pretty soon. Orange starts next month. Um, Fargo start later in the year. So, Michelle, how do all the people that want to write to you get a hold of you? Um, I am Michelle from TN. I'm on uh, Facebook and at Michelle from TN on Twitter. Okay, and you can find West Coast Project on Facebook too. There's a West Coast Project page and a Louis TV page. Yep. Uh, and my Twitter is at scathing tweets. And so until the road, Michelle, till we hit the road, we'll say goodbye <laughs> in this three hour long podcast. Yeah, okay. All right, have a good one. You too. Bye bye.